What up, people? Guy here. Friday, October 21st. Yankees down two zip. That's all right. We're back in the Bronx. I'm here. Dan Nathan's there. Special edition of Market Call. Today, we're sponsored by FactSet Financial Data and Analytics, powered by Tomorrow. I'm powered by a beautiful Friday here in the Northeast. How are you, Dan? I'm doing well, Guy Adami. This is kind of fun on a Friday. We don't do these too frequently here. Um, I know that, again, you just you opened with baseball coming back to the Bronx. It has not been a couple good days whatsoever, has it, for your team? No, has not. Listen, Astros are a good team. You make a mistake, you're going to pay. I mean, that's just the way it is at this time of year. The cream rises to the top, and right now the cream is in the form of the Astros of Houston. But as they say, you got to win four. They're halfway home. We'll see how it shakes out. Halfway home. All right, let's talk about this stock market here, man. I, I got I to gotta tell you, I mean, you know, it really felt like we've been talking about the potential for a bounce. We've been talking about the comparison to the kind of mid-June and going into quarter end. And then we got into earnings season and estimates had come down for Q2. And then a bunch of companies beat lowered estimates. And then we just kept on going. Also, the belief that the Fed was going to pivot. You know, Guy, it's funny. Now, people have taken the whole pivot thing out of the equation. But you saw Nick Timoros. He is the Fed whisperer at the Wall Street Journal. You saw I put it in the chat what he had to say um, about 75 basis points baked in the cake at the November 2nd meeting. But the Fed is going to debate how they slow the pace of hikes and, and quantitative tightening. I mean, that's got to happen, right? I mean, and is, you know, that would be this added fuel, especially if we start to see some inflation readings kind of come down a little bit. Yeah, look, the market rallied clearly on the back of that. I mean, at one point today, we're up a lot more than we are now. Market's giving a little bit back. We'll see how it reacts. And you're right. I mean, the market should theoretically like that. Here's the problem. That's not going to solve the issues that we have with earnings, earnings growth. Uh, we have yeah. with demand. We have with margins and all those other things. So they can say whatever they want. I'll, I'll push back and say, again, it might be worth – Another few four or 5% to the upside in the S&P. And we've been talking about that for a while, actually. I thought this last week and a half set up similarly to what we saw in the middle of June. But you know what it's also going to do? I think it's going to light a fire under the commodities market that's been under pressure. So, you know, they think they might have this thing solved and they think they might be able to pause whatever. I mean, let's see what the commodity market does, because the inflation problem that they think they have under control and maybe they do, it's going to rear its ugly head once again. That's my sense. And I think a lot of people yeah. think that as well. But we'll see again. I mean, that's what makes markets right. Well, listen, I don't think there's ever going to be a mission accomplished sign on top of an aircraft carrier as it relates to inflation. I think they got the transitory thing so wrong in 2021 that they're going to be really careful. But here's the deal. You just mentioned earnings, earnings growth and expectations and sentiment. I got to tell you, guy, like throw up this chart. This is the only one that matters to me. The QQQ, the NASDAQ 100 next week. 40%, okay, 40% in five names of the components are going to be reporting earnings. Look at this chart right here and look at the lines that we drew here, okay? We are just still contending with that June low and look at the downtrend. I mean, those are just a simple, simple lines right there, right? Attaching from the August 16th high to that high, you know, just, uh, uh, you know, in September, the high last week. I mean, we are in a really perilous spot when you consider Tuesday, we got Microsoft, we got uh, Google, and then we have Meta on Wednesday, and then Thursday, Apple and Amazon. Yeah, that's the one line, clearly the shorter term steep line. Obviously, there's another line we can draw if you go back to the highs 
late last year, early this year. The second point being basically the the March-ish high, and then the next point being sort of this August high. And then the fourth point would effectively come in right between those two moving averages. So I think a lot of people believe, and Mike Wilson is obviously one of those people, that you know we have this ability to have a tactical call and maybe the market rallies from here. I agree with that, but I still think we're in, and I'll use the term, secular bear market. So next week, obviously, you're 100% right to point that out. And I think a lot of times people think, okay, all four are going to be lousy, all four are going to be great, and typically that's not what happens. Typically, you get a couple good ones, a couple bad ones, they even each other out. Yeah. We'll see. The one that sticks out to me, I mean, listen, they're all important, right? I mean, Facebook on Wednesday, given what Snap said, is going to be fascinating because so many of the Facebook problems are Facebook-specific, and now they have sort of the headwinds that other companies in the space are facing. Obviously, Apple is the one everybody points to. I mean, we'll see what happens there. You've said it a number of times. The earnings growth, the revenue growth, the margin or lack thereof growth is not supportive of the valuation that it trades at, but Apple's become one of these defensive stocks when the market goes lower. 100%. 100%. I mean, Apple's down less than 20% on the year versus a NASDAQ that's down more than 30%. Let's just run through these because Tuesday after the close, we're going to have Microsoft and Apple uh, and Alphabet. And listen, I actually would take these out. I don't really care what Meta does. When I think about Meta, you know, Meta could be down 20% on a disappointment. It's down in sympathy with Snap today. We're going to hit Snap in a few minutes here. Microsoft's really interesting. We've been talking about it for a long time. They have already warned on currency. Mm-hmm. They've been uh, obviously, you know, that was in late June. Um, you know, you've made this point. Uh, many, many times here, okay, that if they were to signal that demand, enterprise demand is weakening, then this thing's lights out, man. I mean, like literally going back to, I don't know, 200 bucks or something like that guy. And so to me, you know, you see that you could call it an air pocket, call it whatever you want. You and I have spent a lot of time, okay, talking about the pre-pandemic highs. And now I know a lot of these companies have operated very well since, you know, February of 2020. But again, the one thing, and you make this point all the time, is the differential in interest rates and the, you know, and the inference to what it means for valuations in a slowing growth environment. That's the story here. So if they suggest that they have all of these headwinds as it relates to currencies and then also weakening demand because a lot of their customers are cutting headcount and, and, you know, and, 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 you know, Mm -hmm. wherever they can kind of cut costs. That one is really important. And listen, Microsoft isn't cheap. I mean, it's still relatively expensive mm-hmm. in the backdrop of this broader market. I mean, it deserves a premium valuation, I would submit. But the question is how much? And just go back and look at the last quarter. We've really talked about this a number of times, but it's worth bringing up for this Friday audience. They reported earnings. The stock that day closed, I think, around 254-ish. They report earnings. Earnings were not good by their standards, and quite frankly, weren't good, period. The knee-jerk reaction was to take the stock down to 242. Subsequently on the call, they said they were not seeing demand destruction. I'm paraphrasing. And then the stock proceeded to go from that 242 level up to close to 300, right to that moving average, along with a broader market rally. And then we gave it all back and then some. So What I said at the time was the good news is they didn't see demand destruction. The bad news is the same thing. They didn't see it because to me, it's just an inevitability that they will. And we'll see what they say after this call. So you didn't see the robust growth we've seen before. Obviously, the cloud business is a big driver, but that seems to be slowing down. And your lines are exactly right. I mean, the support comes in the form somewhere between probably 195-ish and 218-ish. And I think, quite frankly, that's where we find a home. 
Yeah. Um, well, let's see. I mean, again, you know, I'm in the camp and I think you used the expression before we're in a secular bear market. And even though we could have a rally, I mean, any of these big names could help spark that rally. If just two of them, you know, like, you know, maybe on the enterprise, Microsoft doesn't have dire things to say. And maybe Apple, as far as the consumer, doesn't have dire things to say. Let's look at Google really quickly because mm-hmm. you just mentioned, you know, like the kind of ad slowdown here. And obviously they get, you know, most of their revenue from search and obviously ads. And this is one where expected earnings growth, you know, in the uh, mid to high teens, sales growth, about 12% um, expected is a 68% gross margin company. We know that they just dominate um, search and and a bunch of other um, adjacent businesses here, but trading about 17 times next year. I mean, I think in some ways, guys, you almost want to have investors perceive that it's a miss in a difficult environment and have a stock like this gap down, because if you can buy this thing, you know what I mean? Like in a period like this, when it's just kind of, you know, sentiment just turns on it. That's kind of how you have to buy a stock like Alphabet, in my opinion. Yeah, Google's probably best suited to survive this environment, right? Smaller companies, obviously, you're going to be hurt significantly more than a company like Google, which, again, has the different platforms and the wherewithal to withstand what we're dealing with. So typically, the big survive in this environment. I think what's going to happen here, trading at a market multiple has not traded particularly well. Since obviously everything topped out December, November, December, January of this year, we'll see. I do think there's a chance again. Those that levels, those that range is really where this thing finds a home, and I think you have to buy the stock. And one thing I've said for a number of years, and and this will make sense to you. You always say I want to. If I have the opportunity to buy Google somewhere between eighty-five and ninety, you know, sign me up. And then it gets there, yeah. And the environment, the backdrop is terrifying, and you back off. And what I've said all along is, the stocks will never get there for the reasons you envision. It's always going to look scarier than you thought. But if you have a plan in place and you take the emotion out of it, that's what sort of gets you through these times. Well, we're going to talk about that a little bit with Snap. You know, I've done that in a few stocks over the last few months, and it's worked out actually really well. And even in Snap, as it's trading down a whole heck of a lot. But let's save that. I did it in Nike a few weeks ago. And again, you know, it all depends how you want to think about being positioned into what you think could be a very volatile print. And in this case, um, an earnings event. But if you have a position where, you know, you're willing to average down on a 10 15% gap lower um, and really size up towards the lows, you know, and and again, who knows where the lows are, but some of these stocks that are down 50%, Nike was down 50% at the lows. When I was buying the stock at 82, after buying a little bit at 98 a week or two earlier, I felt really comfortable about buying a lot more and getting my average all the way down to the mid to, you know, low 80s or so. So again, I think from a trading perspective, you always have to think about what is your investment time horizon in something? And what would be a trading position under bad scenarios? Because again, you are right. Sometimes when you get a day like today and snap, I heard Jim Cramer saying it's a loser, it's this or that or whatever. That's fine. That's his perception. You want people to just basically abandon stories like that if you think something differently about it. I don't know if you agree with that kind of psychology from a sentiment standpoint. No, that, that's exactly right. And I'm just looking at Snap right now. I'm just trying to see what kind of volume we're trading. But you know, that, that's exactly what you want. You want not only the market to capitulate, to a certain extent, you want analysts and pundits to capitulate as well, right. because that typically is a great sign that, okay, the worst is over. Now, I will tell you, you know, I didn't think we'd be trading with a seven handle and Snap. I thought we were sort of going I sideways. We were building a base. It didn't happen. Okay, that's fine. But you look at this chart and you look at the levels again, the March, April 2020 lows, and here we are, 
magically enough, we have now round tripped the entire thing in about two and a half years or so, which is remarkable on a number of different levels. I, yeah, well, I've said this a number of times quickly. I'll just say, yeah. you know, snap can rally 100% from here. Uh, at this point, 150% from here, be a $20 stock or, and and still be in a significant downtrend and a broken company. But I don't think we're as much interested in fixing the company as we are trying to trade the stock. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And my eye is about kind of how the company will be fixed. And to me, I look again, a stock that's down 30% and the lows, you know, all time lows is just around five bucks. Again, you could be down another 30% and get back to those lows. And that can be pretty painful. Coming into today, my average was, you know, you know, below $9. Uh, I bought it well on one of the last gaps there. And I'm still long. And again, would I wish I wasn't long it? Sure. But I have a thesis on this thing. I have winners, I have losers in my portfolio. I have an average now, guy, that's 822, and I'm going to buy more stock. I'm going to have this average below eight. And then my time horizon is not a week, or, you know, and then I'm going to have a portion of it that I hold. I actually think it's going to fill in that gap. You see that red line in this chart? Mm -hmm. You see that declining 200 day moving average? I think there will be, I don't know, maybe, uh, uh, you know, again, I know nothing. LBO chatter, you know, for take private, um, especially if Twitter goes for $44 billion. I think there's strategics that could probably buy this thing. I think, again, they're cutting this company to the bone as it relates to restructuring and everything like that. So I want to average this thing down. I mean, that's my play right here. That's what I'm doing. We'll keep you up there. All right, let's quickly hit um, Thursday, guy, because these are going to be big. Obviously, Apple. I just wanted to throw a one-year chart. I didn't draw any lines other than the 200-day moving average that's in here. The stock, like you said, has shown really good relative strength here. Um, we all know dollar exposure, China exposure, European exposure. Um, there's been lots of rumors about, you know, stop downs at 14 or 14 pro production. And again, unsubstantiated thoughts here. And then when you look at it on a five-year basis, you say to yourself, oh man, this thing, the relative outperformance to just every peer, you know what I mean? As the largest market cap company in the world, it is a like a flight to quality always. There've been a couple stories out over the last month, month and a half or so talking about slowing demand and cutting back and those types of things. They were pretty much un unsubstantiated. And one has to wonder if they were floated out there just to try to sort of game the stock market. I have no idea. But at a certain point where there's smoke, there's fire. And Apple is not impervious to the headwinds that everybody else is facing, although for whatever reason, a lot of people think they are. It's a great company. Again, I am not casting aspersions at all. But you know, they face the same challenges that everybody else does at a certain point. And they're not selling cheap items, by the way. I mean, it's one thing if you're selling a $5 bottle of water. It's an entirely different thing when you're selling an $1,100 phone. Just keep that in perspective. And with that said, you've said it a number of times. Even with all of that, it's an expensive company uh, in relative to the broader market. It's cheap relative to where it's been historically, but still expensive. And you're talking about a company with mid-single-digit revenue growth, mid-single-digit earnings growth with declining margins. You tell me what it should do. Will it rally post-earnings? Yeah, I mean, that's been the trend, clearly. I mean, I would say four out of every five quarters, the stock seems to rally. A lot of times, you fade that rally as well. So I still think there's another leg lower. Carter talks about it all the time. The generals are the last to go. Uh, if you do think, like I do, inevitably, the market's going to trade down to 3,400 in the S&P and probably overshoot, Apple is going to fall victim to that. And that sort of, you look at the chart, that 125-ish level in June, I think that's about 128. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense for a lot of reasons. Yeah, I just, you know, this is one guy where, again, 
I just, I don't know how they can put up a good quarter. I know that they just introduced these new phones. I know that there's a lot, tons of fanboys who run. Listen, I bought the new Ultra Watch, $800. I bought a new phone for $1,000. Okay. So like maybe I'm the dumbest guy in the world. Maybe I should be long this stock because in this environment, to me, this is like a next necessary luxury plus utility. And I think a lot of consumers feel that way about Apple products, you know? So, but, but, but when I extract Extrapolate it. I say to myself, given everything that I know about global demand and their headwinds and supply chains, and I mean, the list goes on and on and on. I just don't know how they print a good quarter. The last thing I'll say was the second day of January 2019. We had just come from this period where the Fed member had just pivoted on what was it like right around Christmas or so. They had been raising interest rates. Stock market sold up how much in a few months there? In, in uh, 19.9%. Correct. And you remember the second day of January. Okay. So a week after the Fed basically said they're going to stop their kind of autopilot, you know, quarter point interest rate hikes. What happened? Apple came out and they had a horrible negative pre-announcement. The yeah. first one in like 15 years or something like that. But that was the bottom. You know what I mean? Remember that? It was like off to the races Stock after that. And, and that was and it. Yeah. yeah. But again, what's we're in a very, well, I shouldn't say that. There are similarities in the environment. Let's yeah. put it that way. And we'll see how it shakes out. I think what you're saying is if, in fact, that happens, that will be your opportunity to, to basically not only get long this stock, but maybe it sort of signals of the end of the move down in the broader market as well. It's just something to consider because, as you know, Dan, history repeats in so many of these things. Yeah, I got to tell you, though, I don't know about you. I mean, listen, I'm generally not influenced by too many people, you know, outside of my own head as far as what I think about the macro. But our friend Danny Moses on, on the tape podcast, he put it in our group chat this morning, like, this is your last shot before the crescendo. Get short, sell. And, and, you know, I'm trying to kind of like push back a little bit on kind of some of the worst case scenarios. But I've bought stocks over the last few months. And, and whenever I get a little nervous to the downside, I'm always buying like Q puts or put yeah. spreads looking out a couple of weeks just to protect myself. And again, that QQQ chart guy, when everybody was saying tactical rallies, all this sort of stuff, it acts like death. Okay. Yeah. I'm just telling you, it does not act well. I listen today. I, I, this is going to sound crazy. I, the higher it goes today, the worse I feel about Monday. So let's just yeah. keep that in perspective. And it's obviously, as I said, the market's probably given half of today's gains back already, but it's only 1120. So we have a lot of time. But just keep that in mind because the headwinds that are out there, you know, I don't care what this Fed whisper. I'm sure he's a lovely guy. You know, I'm not a fan <laughs> of that stuff, quite frankly. No. I think it's stupid. But, you know, he seems to have somebody's ear or he's become a mouthpiece, which good luck with that, pal, because it typically doesn't work out well. But with that said, I mean, he's clearly has his finger on the pulse, but everybody will think that a Fed pivot or pause is bullish and it will be in the very short term. But that genie's not going to be put back in the bottle and they're going to have to come back in a major way to fight the inflation that they can't get their arms around. So just keep that in mind, because yeah. the market might be telling you one thing. The problems have not gone away. All right. Here's one chart. This is a fascinating chart. The five year of Amazon. It reports Thursday after the close. This is um, a big implied move, six and a half percent in either yeah. direction. It is interesting that it never made a new low from the spring here. And it had a huge rally. I mean, guy, that rally from 103 in the summer to what was it? $145. I mean, do the math on that for a company of mm -hmm. this size. Look at this chart going back to it was really range bound, right? And then it broke out 
um, you know, at kind of the end of 2020 after the vaccine news or whatever. And then it went sideways. You know, you've talked about that, but that's a pretty fascinating line there. That's like mm-hmm. 103, 104 or so. And again, you know, the relative underperformance of the market in a boom period was something that we brought up a lot. Now here it showed relative outperformance. You know what this looks like to me, and uh, you know I'll ask people to go and do their own work. But this chart looks a lot like the Russell chart looked like a long time ago when you had that false breakout, only to give it all back. And you know this stock. I mean, if if we went even longer term, this is sort of four ish years. You go five, six years out, and Amazon at current levels has basically gone nowhere. Yeah, you mentioned that huge rally we had, and, and we did. But here we are to levels we last saw four years ago on a market until recently. That's done extraordinarily well. My point is Amazon has not participated, if you think about it. And everybody points to Amazon as this great company. Yes, it is. AWS could be a standalone. Yes, it could. But quite frankly, the stock, you go back and look and just let the price be your guide and just let your eyes understand that this has not been a great stock to own for the last five or six years, unless you were able to take profits this summer. Uh, matter of fact, but it's also, I mean, these are also periods where you don't, you want to think about guy like, and I think you feel this way about alphabet. You call it Google. I call mm-hmm. it alphabet. I'll never, I don't think I, I know. I mean, I'll I, say alphabet if I teach elementary school, but I'm not going to say it in yeah. terms of the stock. I think we're confusing people because I was talking about meta and you were talking about Facebook. Yeah, I was talking another, about alphabet. Sorry. You, just, you, you were know, talking about won't Google. do it. I mean, you good for them. Not. I know you won't. All right. It's like that scene. I know you want to go. It's like that scene in Coming to America in the barbershop. That's just, that's me. I'm the old barber dude. Please, you, back you to are. you. And you got a great haircut this time around. I'm going to get my haircut in about an hour or so. So, um, yeah. But I, I don't know. I feel like Amazon's one of those stocks where you, you'd love to see a big gap, you know, mm-hmm. lower because it really will be a leader on the way out. You know, we talk about, you know, we spent a lot of time prior to the pandemic talking about like the deflationary forces of big companies like Amazon and what that meant for, you know, wages and, 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 and just in general, the future of work. Because remember all the automation and all the drones and all the all the other stuff going on i think they get back to it i think companies like amazon have their heads down right now i don't think they give a shit that the stock is down 50 percent since jeff Bezos. left i think andy jazzy's like i'm going to make my own next mm-hmm. 20 years for this company you know and they're investing you know again they overbuilt right like with with employees during the pandemic they'll fix that i think a company like amazon will fix that the other point i'll just say is look at what apple has done since tim cook uh, took over or since uh, microsoft since satya or uh, alphabet your google since sundar mm-hmm. i think andy jazzy is going to have probably a great next act and working your way out of a recessionary environment for a company that basically that retail business some of the parts valued at what zero that's why, again, having a having a sort of a clear vision is right. Where again, I understand the backdrop. I get what's going on in the world. But if these stocks, and you just mentioned four of them, but there are a laundry list of them, get to levels that six nine months ago you would have wished for, and yep. they're there. Again, just to reemphasize, you have to take emotion out of the equation. And if Amazon were to gap down below that, you know, horizontal line that we just showed. You know what? You close your eyes and you get into a position and you start to layer in because it's going to, as I said, it's going to look scary. But typically, that's the best opportunities when things look the scariest or when the best opportunities arise. Well, and, and I think one way for some of our listeners, viewers to do that is really the QQQ. We started this whole segment mm-hmm. talking about these five stocks next week that are reporting make up 40 percent 
of the weight of this index of 100 stocks, right? So think about that. If you feel good about a lot of these companies being cut in half and then the dozens more that are in the index of 100 that are down 80%, you know what I mean? Like to me, I, I just think that's the way to play it. I'm also using QQQ right now as a hedge or an outright bearish play because I think the QQQ probably goes back to 250 before this is all said and done. And we're screwing around here um, at 270. Maybe we overshoot. But to, if you want to take emotion out of it, I think the QQQ is probably one way to do it. I'm just not there yet. I think on the next big downdraft, I probably start averaging in rather than buying some of these individual names where you do have idiosyncratic risk. That, all that being said, again, I think Snap is an unusual value here. You have a $12 billion um, market cap. And if Elon is you know, has to basically take Twitter private at $44 billion, this company... While the earnings and the sales were bad and they're cutting costs and they're cutting employees and they're guiding down, they gained 19% users, guys. They had mm -hmm. 363 million daily active users. And other than the Facebook and the Google platforms and, and TikTok, there's nobody else who gets near them. And Twitter's not growing like that. And we know that they have to better monetize. So to me, that's why if you're not long snap here and you're looking for some unusual sort of return profiles that maybe look like venture returns going in the next one, two, three years. I think this thing's starting at seven and a half. And again, my average is now 822 people. Okay. I know I'm getting some heat here, but you don't start with a full position and you average it. If you can start buying this thing at seven and a half and you think it has a potential to go to, let's say six and you can get an average below seven and you think that this thing is a takeout at $20 billion. That's how you trade people. Yeah, and it's I, I puts it, you know I agree with you, and that's exactly right. And it's sort of layering to something you have a thesis about, and then and then you make decisions. I mean, you actually traded this extraordinarily well earlier in the year, if you recall. So yeah. Snap did have a big bounce, but again, that's how you trade. And you, taking emotion out of the equation is so critical. And I'll just say this: we're on a new platform. Obviously, we're trying something out, and the chat room is. I mean, the, I can't really keep up with the amount of comments we have in chat. So. Thank you for c coming on and adding your input in the chat. We appreciate it. But I'm with you, Dan, in terms of Snap. You just got to sort of trade it and be ready because you will at some point, I think, you'll get that knee jerk to the upside. And percentage wise, it's going to be a yeah. huge move. Again, it doesn't mean the company is fixed or they fix the problems or will ever get back to $80 a share. That's not the point. But now you're playing it for, you said it, you know, Three, four, five to the upside, maybe one, one and a half to the downside. And that's a risk reward I think anybody's willing to take. All right. One last thing before we get out of here. Um, and again, you're going to tease what we're doing on Market Call on Monday, which is really exciting. But let's just take a quick, quick look at the um, macro here, Guy. We have the 10-year U.S. Treasury yield basically at four and a quarter, which is pretty astounding, right? When you think about it, we know the two-year um, is a bit higher here at 4.51. But, you know, again, where do you think this thing tops out. I know a lot of people think that the Fed is not going to be able to kind of take their foot off the pedal. We're going to see that uh, that two-year maybe up there near 5%. You're going to see the 10-year kind of take out um, so those highs. This is going back a few years here now. Uh, though this is a long-term chart, you know, going back to 08 when we were above 5%. Thoughts here and what that means for equities if it does happen. And just, so, just full disclosure, I think a little bunch of market call viewers know 
I'm playing for a yield reversal. I'm long the GOVT. I'm also long calls in it. And um, to me, I'm just, I'm wrong. I mean, I'm, I'm clearly wrong right now. I, eventually, I'll be right. I just don't think it's going to be a runaway breakout above those kind of resistance levels. But what are you thinking here? Yeah. Well, look, I mean, I clearly didn't see, you know, my thesis has been that in a slowing global environment, yields, you know, this duration yield almost by definition has to go lower. But I thought that Literally, I think 70 basis points or so go, number one. Number two, I thought if the broader market sold off, which it has, um, you'd see a flight to quality in the form of bonds. That hasn't happened. So you have all these things. It's really strange. Yields shouldn't be here. I mean, we don't have the economic growth to support yields at these levels, clearly. But now this has just become a play against inflation and against a global bond market that's really just broken. So that's the backdrop. But will you see a knee-jerk reaction at some point in yields, in other words, bonds yields going lower, so that an, an, an entity like the TLT going higher? Absolutely. And But again, I thought that um, a while ago. But I think you're going to be right. There's no reason, other than emotion now, there's no macro reason, in my opinion, for 10-year yields to be here. Two-year yields, absolutely. 10-year yields, not so much, given the slowdown that we're seeing uh, globally and specifically here in the United States. All right. One last thing for me here, Guy. Um, you know, a lot of our viewers, they know that you were referred to uh, largely by yourself as G-Swizzle. Um, I can't Swizz. remember when. G-Swizz. You know, T-Swizz. T-Swizzle dropped last night an album called Midnight's. Do you know no who kidding. T-Swizzle is? Do you know who that is? Yeah. No, I've seen her. It's funny. I saw T-Swizz. She warmed up um, for Taylor Swift, I think, one concert. And <laughs> people were so excited it was great. I love. You think that kid? Do you think she's got some some chops? You think she's going to make it? I think she's going to be okay. And it's like that other guy, that Marshall Mathers person. I've seen. Oh too. yeah, the Eminem. Yeah, the Eminem. All right, what's what's on tap? What's on tap? For I, I mean, we, we, can we, I tell we, you something? Yeah. yeah, I was apparently it like broke Spotify or something when Taylor Swift dropped. Or whatever. I mean, stop it. I will tell you this. Can I say some people, if you're waiting online for that stuff, you're embarrassing. You're living, you're embarrassing yourself. Go to Blockbuster. Go to Tower Record this weekend and buy it and browse. Maybe you can go to get coffee afterwards, Dan. All right. Well, you're all fired up. You're going to be. I am because it's dumb. People that wait online. I mean, people wait online at Apple stores. It's dumb. You're dumb. If you're one of those people, reevaluate everything. And if I pissed you off, that's just too bad. That's how I feel. You Waiting online at an Apple store? No one does it anymore. Really? They haven't done that since like the iPhone 6, dude. Okay. Like now. No, but I will say this. The efficiency in which they are now, you can order the new products and they have them like the delivery day dropped at your doorstep is pretty fascinating. All right. Well, listen, we got you all fired up. We got to go. No, but I I saw an interview. Apparently Walmart will not be opening on Thanksgiving. At least thank you somebody for coming to some semblance of normal. I mean, thank you. I appreciate that. Don't wait online at these stores. You'll be able to get whatever junk you're buying at midnight after Thanksgiving. You'll be able to buy two weeks later. I promise you. Anyway, that's it. Monday, Dan, I am. Can I tell you something? You like me here? You want to get the sort of uncensored version of me on Monday? Noon Eastern time. Serious at noon Eastern. We'll be doing a show one hour long. Phone in. Here's the number. I'm reading it so I don't screw it up. 844-942-7866. Channel 132. Sirius XM Business Radio. Market Call, Dan Nathan, G-Swizz, one hour, taking calls, 
OM frickin' G, Dan. Yeah, well, here's the thing. And and again, you know, we're on this new platform. It's pretty dope here, isn't it, guy? Um, I would just say this. All of you people, call in, please. We, we might make this a thing if it goes well here. And uh, we'll have some fun with it, you know, and uh, we'll see what we happens. Have, and, and We, we, we will, will have, have fun. Some fun with it. Yeah, That I can assure you. I mean, there's no, what do they call those things? A drop button or something? No. Yeah. No hey, well, button. the one thing I'll say is we've, we've heard from a lot of people, oh, I need to download another app or this no, or whatever. No, no. And I will say that like listen we're not shilling for them we're not you know they're not paying us for this or whatever i use the app the sirius xm app it's awesome and anyone can sign up and get three months free and try it out there's tons of free like music channels obviously howard stern a lot of sports stuff a lot of politics stuff i I actually i love i love the app um and i've been using it for years and years i don't even have it in my car anymore i just attach my iphone via bluetooth to carplay and use it that way guy donnie so check it out check us out i do that too it's so easy to do now you know now yeah you know. i mean now you know all right bud so have a great weekend we'll see you on fast money at five i am not on uh today hopefully your giants what are they gonna be six and one by by uh listen the end of the jacksonville i've said it jacksonville is a good team this year they're two and four their defense is stout the quarterback trevor lawrence is figuring it out as he goes new coach doug peterson from the eagles by the way won yeah. a super bowl there yeah, yeah. I, I don't look past Billy's this game special. in Jacksonville. This is what they call a trap game. But the Giants coming in at five and one, nobody could have hoped for better, Dan Nathan. All right. You By the man. way, the Rangers last night embarrassed themselves Ugh. at home against San Jose. <laughs> I mean, that's was – and actually the coach said it. Gerard Gallant said it was embarrassing. When your hedge coach says it's embarrassing, you take note. And I think Jacob Truba, as you know, Dan – I think read the team the riot act after the game. So I expect this Sunday the Rangers to come out flying. Fair enough. You okay. Don't care. Well, listen, I know you don't. We'll, we'll, we'll don't talk Rangers. We'll talk. Oh, Ranger by the way, do you Met fans out April. there? How are you enjoying the postseason? You're not. Okay. All right. Let's do it. I you think better it's, cut me off soon. I think, I think AD is is probably done with us here. So listen, have a great weekend. Thanks for checking us out on a very special Friday edition of Market Call with Guy Adami Uncensored. <laughs> 